0: Church, it's so good to be with you on this online experience. Uh, We know that there's a lot of things you could be doing, but you've chosen to spend some quality time with God right now, and that is so important. We're going to spend some time in worship, and then Pastor Marcus Brown's going to come and bring part six of the Wisdom Book series. He's going to teach us how to make better decisions, but before we do that, let's dive into worship. Let's go.
1: Do you guys know those books? They're super popular. They're the books for dummies. You know, you can see them in Books a Million or maybe Barnes and Noble. So you can go in. It's like usually it's like those black and, and yellow books. They have them like math for dummies or sex for dummies or the weather for dummies. Uh, you know, I don't even know where you go with weather for dummies. I don't understand. It's like atheism for dummies, you know, how to not believe in God without thinking at the same time. Uh, there's one called Alien Conspiracies for Dummies. I thought it was great, but I actually have one of them. It's called The Bible for Dummies because I was like walking by and I saw it. I was like, I kind of feel like a dummy with the Bible, so I got it and I uh, help. I'm going to teach out of it today. <laughs> Anyways, uh, when when the Bible was thinking about, all right, God was saying, I'm going to give some chapters and I'm going to give some books of the Bible for dummies, people that want to know how to live smart. They don't feel like they're smart right now. He gave us the book of Proverbs. He gave us the book of Ecclesiastes. And that's what we've been in for several weeks. This week, we're going to talk about how do you make a major decision in your life? And I know that many of you are going to make some minor decisions. All of us are this year. But some of you are going to make some major decisions. When you make a minor decision, the consequences don't really matter. They're just like, oh, wish I wouldn't have done that, but no big deal. Major decisions have major consequences attached to them. If you get those decisions right, there's blessing. If you get those decisions wrong, there's some pain involved. There's some loss involved. And I know that I've done that personally in my life. There's been times where I've made some decisions that took our family years to recover. Sometimes it was financially, sometimes it was in ministry, and we're just like, gosh, I've lost money or I've lost time. So what do you do? you got to say, God, I just want to get this right. When I look at the last, I don't know, five or six years of our life, I think about decisions that we personally had to, had to address. When Brooke, my wife, got diagnosed with cancer, we were thinking, do we do chemotherapy is it an option not to do it? How do we make this decision? We, we had all these small decisions, like do we eat at Chick fil A, you know, or uh, small decisions like, you know, are we going to buy this car? But the big ones are like, are we going to put our kids in Christian school? Are, are we going to invest that in them? We're going to put them in a private school? Uh, we had another one just last summer. We were like, we had a family member on a, a ventilator, and we had to pray and decide okay, do we take them off the vent? Do we take them off life support? what does god want you know what does his word say it feels some of these feel like impossible decisions where do we get help for things like this you know, what are we going to do with our kids during COVID? That's been a big decision. I almost dropped them off at a boarding school and said, bring them back when the pandemic's over, you know? It's like, so what do you do? And when you're someone like like me personally, I tend to never feel like I'm wrong. <laughs> and so this is a problem, so pray for me. Like, I, 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 Some people doubt themselves, and that's where they're crippled. Like when we were on vacation, we were getting gas. We went into the restroom. I walked into the restroom, and there was a lady in the restroom washing her hands. And then another lady uh, came out and started washing her hands. And I thought, how could two be so wrong? So I said, I think you guys are in the wrong bathroom. And this one lady, she was so funny. She said, I think you need to back up and try reading again. And so I backed up and it said, ladies on the door. And I laughed and they laughed. And I was like, man, I tend to think that I'm never wrong. And that's a problem. So this is what we're going to do today. We're going to teach you how to make uh, life decisions. I'm going to give you two filters that we see clearly in the word of God. It's going to be super practical. And then at the end, I want to pray over any type of decision that you have going on in your life. Matter of fact, in the comments below, this is what I would love you to do because we got pastors that are right now ready to help you. If you have a decision, major or minor coming up, and you want some prayer on it at any time in this message, I would just want you to just say, this is what I'm going through, or you might just want to message the church. We would love to just back you with some prayer coverage today. Okay, so when it comes to making a decision, you need two filters in your life, and the first filter is this, and there's several points under it. It is When do you not make a decision? There are some times that you need to go, I'm not doing well and I'm not making a decision. So I'm gonna give you a few of these. So write this down. Don't make a major decision when you're sick or you're tired. So if you find yourself completely exhausted, you gotta know that the batteries are too low. It's like I'm too mentally drained to process some things right now. Maybe you're sick, you're just like, I'm physically not in a good place to make a decision. The prophet Elijah was like that at one point in his life. Right when he came off of Mount Carmel and you go 1 Kings uh, 18, then you get to 1 Kings 19, he's so physically and emotionally exhausted by the ministry, he starts having panic attacks. He may have had a nervous breakdown. He started having even thoughts, just even suicidal thoughts like, in my life, God and he wanted to make some ministry decisions about him not being the prophet. He didn't need to make any decisions. This is what God said. I want you to eat and I want you to sleep. I want you to take a nap. and he does this 3 times and then begins to say and then God begins to speak to him. Brooke tells me this all the time. I'll come in, I'm a little edgy, and she goes, "Hey Marcus, before you do anything else." the most spiritual thing you can do right now is go take a nap. It'll help yourself. It'll help the kingdom of God. It'll help our family. And I'll go take a nap. So praise God, go take a nap today. So don't make a decision when you're sick or you're exhausted. Uh, the second thing is if if you're under pressure, if you feel like oh, there's a time crunch, I have to make a decision. You don't have to make a decision because a gun's not pointed to your head. When you're in a hurry that's where you're going to make some mistakes, okay? And I think like a lot of Ameri- Americans, we're always in this hurried pace. You know, uh, here's a poll that was taken. It said for Americans, it takes a girl five days to decide whether or not to go on a date with a guy. Five days. It takes 13 days for a person to decide to buy a car. 14 days to decide to get a divorce. I mean, a divorce is just barely above a car. 17 days to make a decision to move across uh, the country. So this is why I say. You're not under pressure. You relax and you go, I need to hear from God uh, on this subject, okay? Because most of the time, this happens with financial decisions. Because you'll get in a prep, maybe there's a salesman, maybe there's something online. It's like, the sale's going to end today. I can only do this today. This is not going to be here tomorrow. Proverbs 14, 16 says, the wise are cautious. Once you say that to yourself, the wise are cautious. I started saying that about myself. You know what? I am cautious. I'm going to walk in caution. The wise are cautious and avoid danger, but fools plunge ahead. Fools just run into a decision. Fools make rash decisions. When you get impulsive, Satan gets excited. Okay? Don't make a decision in a hurry, under pressure. Here's the third thing when you are angry or depressed, don't make a decision. You know, angry and depression are cousins. Depression, when you're feeling down, all it is is anger that's been frozen. That's what depression is it's anger that got frostbit. It's kind of the same emotion. But a lot of times, especially when you make decisions about your career or decisions about a relationship in your life and you're mad, you're going to make a bad decision. I mean, matter of fact, Proverbs talks. All about anger, all through this. You can just take the book and look about how angry people end up becoming fools. Angry people end up hurting their family. So when you're mad, the emotions are high. You got to say this I'm not going to send that email, and I'm not going to send that text, and I'm not going to put this on social media, and I'm going to lock the doors, and I'm just going to get with God. I'm going to quiet my spirit. Bobby Hamilton, I heard him, he's one of our pastors here around New York Church. I heard him tell somebody this and he has said this to me. Cuz when you get angry, you just feel like I need to go. I need I need to get away and Bobby said this and I think this is gold. He said God doesn't lead you away from something. He said Jesus is a shepherd, he leads you to something. Anger and depression will lead you away. The emotion goes, I need to get away from this. God says, actually, when I lead you, I lead you to the next thing I have for you in your life. Here's another one. When you are far from God, this is, I want you to write this down. If you're far from God, your decision maker is broken on the inside. When you're a child of God, there's going to be seasons that you feel like I'm really close. But if you're listening today and you go, I'm further away from God than I should be, this is no time to make a decision. Your decision is actually going, you know what? I'm going to get some things right with God. Because it's been in those seasons where I haven't been close to God that I've made the worst decisions in my life. I'm not even talking about moral or immoral decisions. I'm just talking about life decisions. It's like I'm, those are the times where i was like there's a lot of distance between me and God. It's in those moments where I'm like, golly, I acted like a fool. I made decisions like a fool. So that's the first filter, when not to make a decision. Okay. All right. Now let me tell you this. How do you make a godly decision? How do you make a wise decision with your life? We're going to go through an acronym and this is how you test a decision. T-E-S-T. You're never going to forget this. When it comes to a decision, this is what you first do. T stands for this. Talk to God about what's going on. Before you even contemplate on it, just go, I got a decision to make. Uh, Before I research, before I get on Google, before I read, I'm going to quiet my soul and I'm going to talk to God. Uh, Psalm 37.5, I love this and I want you to receive this. This is so strong. It says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. Now there's a promise, but there's a premise to the promise. The premise is commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. That's what, that's your job. He says, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. This is what we tend to do. We have a decision to make and we like, we take it to God and we go, God, could you commit to my way on this? Like, there's some things that I want to do. Could you bless this? The first thing you do is you get along and you go, God, I'm committing to your way. So whatever you lead, whatever you reveal, whatever you say, I'm for you. You're the one that I want to follow. I'm committing to your way first. James 1, here's another beautiful promise about talking to God. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, who's that? That's some of me right here. Any of you that are raising teenagers, raise your hand. You lack some wisdom. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously. Like God, when, when you go, I lack wisdom, God goes, I got all you need and I actually will give you more than you need. He gives generously to all without finding fault and it will, now I love this, it will be given to you. Like if you lack wisdom and you ask for it, God says, if you ask it, it will be given to you. I love that promise, that declaration from God. But you, this is what you gotta do. You gotta slow down and talk. A few years ago, I preached on a Saturday in Argentina, so I'm way down in South America, and then I was scheduled to preach in New Mexico the next morning on a Sunday, and I'm like, I could do this. I got this, so I I, I took an all-night flight from Argentina, and I flew into Dallas, and I flew into Mexico, went New Mexico, and when I landed and got to the airport, the song service had just started, and we had to drive across town So the guy picking me up, I had met him one time. He pulls up, I run out to the car, I'm changing shirts, and he said, get in, we're going to make it on time. I said, there's no way we can make it. So we get on the road, we're doing 60 miles an hour. We're having a good conversation. 70, he got up to 115 miles an hour. And this is what I realized. We made it there and I preached, but I just about fell apart on the inside. I realized the faster we drove, the less we talk. Because this is what you got to know in your life. Speed kills communication. So he's zooming in the car and pretty soon I'm just holding on for dear life. You've got to slow down and go, God, I'm here to talk and wait in your presence and I'm going to get everything off of my heart. The Bible says to be still and know that I am God. The opposite of that is true as well. If you're not still, you'll never know God. So you slow down, begin to talk. Here's the E, so that's T. E is examine what God's word says about it. So I'm going to talk to God, and then the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to open the Bible because this is how God's going to talk to me. 80% of how God talks to me is through the word. There's other ways that he'll speak to me and other ways that you see God speaking to people. But it's in the Word. So I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to say, all right, let me get in the Word and let, let's see what you have to say about this. Psalm 119, I love this. And you guys have heard this. Many of you have memorized it. It says, your Word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. It's two things. Lamp to my feet, a light to my path. What, you know, you're like, what, what does that mean? It means when it's a lamp unto your feet, the Word of God will show you the next step you need to take. It's like if you're in a room that's dark and you get a lamp, you go, okay, I'm not going to step on something. Okay, I'm going to miss that toy that my kids left out. It's a lamp into my feet. A light to my path shows me the next several steps ahead in my life. He's like, if you get into the Word of God and you're looking for a direction, the Word of God will begin to show you, okay, I am getting a perspective I'm getting a picture on the next season of my life. I'm getting some direction. Oh, I see the next step that I need to take. And I I don't know how this happens, okay? I get up in the morning and I sit on the porch and I spend time with God. And it is from this that I feel like I just have a knowing on what to do when decisions pop up. If I didn't have that porch time, I wouldn't have that. The ability to make decisions is connected to that time I have alone with God. And if you don't have a porch, if you don't have a chair, if you don't have a place that you go, this is my go-to place to open the Bible, then I'm telling you this, you're missing out on the good stuff in life. You talk to God, and then you examine what He has to say. And then let me give you the S. And this one was going to get a little bit mystical, a little bit spooky. So (laughs) buckle up here. Be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when you're talking to God and you open the Bible and, 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 and you are saying, God, I'm committing to your ways and I want to obey you. I'm going to tell you, God's going to send you a helper and a counselor. He's the Holy Spirit. He's going to be an advocate for you. That means he is for you. He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. So in my filter, this is what I do. I, I'm just like, God, help me be super sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit right now. And you see this in the ministry of Paul when he was on his missionary journeys. Sometimes he would just say, it seemed right to us to go here. Sometimes in a dream they would know the next place they needed to go. Sometimes they would collaborate. Sometimes there was this inward witness. Sometimes they just saw a door open like God opened this door of opportunity. But all of this was happening through the acts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was doing this, and I'm telling you, You need to be sensitive because the Holy Spirit wants to lead your life. Matter of fact, I think that the Apostle Paul was walking out Isaiah 30 on those missionary journeys. And if there's anything that we want to see in your life as pastors around here, we want to see Isaiah 30, 21 come alive. This is what it says. Here's the the prophecy. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it it's just like I I want you to have that confidence in your life that I'm not alone I've got to make a decision and you go this is the way this is the decision you make walk out that way this is what I want to do that is I call it in my devotional I wrote down Holy Spirit insinuations it's just like I feel like the Lord is insinuating some things to me it's like a nudge from the Holy Spirit it's just that inward witness in your life you know The closer I get to Brooke and the longer that we've been married, she can say things without ever speaking. Uh, Like, she'll just tilt her head while I'm speaking sometimes. She'll be there and she'll just tilt her head like this. Like, everybody in the congregation can tilt their head that way, but when Brooke tilts her head, it's a paragraph of words to me. Like, I know what that means, okay? I used to think this— that people that heard the audible voice of God, they were like super spiritual people because they heard God just shout down from heaven from a cloud and he's like, go to Africa or whatever he was telling them. But you know what I think? I think the closer you are to God, he doesn't have to speak that way. The closer you are to God, he could just nudge you and you go, you know what, I know what you mean by that, God. I know I know what you're insinuating there. And the more sensitive... You are to the leading of the Holy Spirit and what God is saying in your life. The more successful you're going to be, the more wise decisions you're going to be. Make, okay? Last thing. Here's the last T. So we got T, talk to God. E, examine what God has said. S, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now we got T again. Here's this, take a step of faith. Let me read Ecclesiastes 11.4. The Bible says if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. I love that. You're never going to know 100%. The conditions are never going to be perfect because God wants you to live your life by faith. Some of the worst decisions you'll make are indecisions. You've got to pull the trigger. Like some of you are paralyzed, you're frozen, you're aiming at doing some great things for God. Sooner or later, you got to pull that trigger and just do it. Go for it. I heard one guy say this, the opportunity of a lifetime has to be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. Like you just can't wait. There's some, maybe you need to walk across the room and ask the girl out. You've been waiting for perfect conditions. Maybe you don't need to do that. Our security will get you, all right? Maybe you need to make a decision on what you wanna do in the business or the school that you uh, wanna, you just keep procrastinating. Where are you gonna go to school? That moment, in that moment, you gotta pull the trigger sooner or later. And this is what I'm praying is that today, will give you enough encouragement that it'll put courage in you to take that step of faith. General Patton said this, a good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan next week. You got to take a step. You got to do it. You got to, I love that, that phrase, violently executed. When I was growing up to become a man around North Louisiana, like your your passage into manhood was around jumping off a bridge in Shangaloo, Louisiana called Sykes Ferry Bridge. So when I was growing up, I remember we piled into a vehicle and we drove the Sykes Ferry Bridge and, and I got out of the vehicle and I just ran and jumped off the bridge. Just hit the water. And God God just helped me. When I got back up, there was a guy. That were sitting on the side of the bridge. Now, this guy, we'll call him Jeff. He was He's about 6'5", 220. I've seen this guy in so many fights on the Piggly Weekly parking lot. And so one time, Jeff was in a fight. He loved fighting. He was in a fight, and he was so relaxed in a fight that he was conversating with his friends about what they were going to do when the fight was over. I'm like, this guy's a monster. This monster is sitting on the side of the bridge, scared to death to jump. So me, I don't know what I was thinking, I went right up to him and I had this thought I should should help Jeff. So I just threw my forearm into his back and pushed him off the bridge and he did about a 60 foot belly buster and hit the water. And so when he came up, I was looking down at him. He looked at me and he said, Marcus Brown, I wanna kill you. And he started cussing. And and then, but I'm on top of the bridge. So I said, I've been wanting to fight you my whole life. Bring it. So he swims (laughs) out of Dorcheat Bay to the bank. He gets up to the highway and he's like, I'm gonna kill you. And I was like, Bring it, boy bring it. He breaks into a jog. He's coming straight at me and he starts cussing. He gets right up to me, rears back to swing, and I jumped off the bridge. (laughs) And I learned a powerful lesson about this. When I try to force people to take a step that they can only take, it only makes them mad. You've got a decision to make. You've got a step of faith to take, and you've got to take it. There's no pastor that can push you, no parent that can push you. You've got to make that move. Get in the presence of God. Get the courage that he wants to give you and take that step today. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you that our lives are in your hands. Give us the boldness and the wisdom that we need to pull the trigger on the decisions we need to make in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.
2: Thank you are
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that maybe through this experience you've learned something about how to make decisions. And maybe one of those decisions is, I need to follow Christ for the first time. If that's the case, we want you to do something. Pull out your phone and text CONNECT to 88000 and one of our team members, one of our pastors is gonna get in touch with you and walk you through that process. We believe in that this is why we exist, to get people closer to Jesus. We want to say thank you to those who give regularly to New Life Church, and if you haven't or you are looking for a way to give, there's some options on the screen. It allows us to fulfill the mission, the vision, and the values of the church and to bring the gospel to the community outside of our walls and to expand his kingdom. So thank you for your faithfulness and your sacrifice in that. Before we go, I want to pray for you. Lord, give us all wisdom to make the right decisions. Give us the tools, give us the peace, give us the confidence to follow your will, but more importantly, keep us in alignment with what you would have for our lives. Show us daily how to follow you. We love you and we praise you in your name. Amen.